Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. It always bothers me, Kenny, when you start a conversation off with the phrase, so... uh... I just want to get your attention and uh, just let you and your listeners uh, know and remind. I talked with Jerry uh, during the news break. We had a nice little oh, okay. chat. Okay. Yeah, he's uh, he's from Cloquet. And if you recall, Brad, Jerry called. He was the person that called us. He had just left China when the COVID pandemic or before the pandemic. Oh, yeah. But when COVID yes. be- was, you know, was a just starting it was just starting to go crazy over there yes and he refreshed my memory of that and uh he uh he knows a lot brad he uh doesn't claim to know it all but he knows a lot and he thinks and i think he's right and i think anybody that has any uh uh or sound of mind this chinese spy balloon has superior technology and they gathered a lot of information Oh, you bet. Now, you Jerry bet. didn't tell and, and, me that word for word, but I thought that from the get-go. Just like Stan well, said. Jerry, it, the, Jerry made such a great point, I thought. Why didn't they take this down the minute it entered, or the minute they realized that it was a spy balloon? And they could have. It, or up there in Montana, they could have, because there are huge open ranges. They there should have got they it wouldn't be, have, over yeah. the Aleutian Island chain, even. Over Alaska. Exactly. Should yes, have never made it because to you the... know what? If it had come on land, if if it had, if the debris had landed on land, they would be able to get out there right away. I'm reading from this story by this general, by the way, right now. This uh, U.S. Air Force General Glenn Van Heck, Van Herrick, and he says, he says the debris field is. Uh, he said we've already collected so much uh, information off the surface. Uh, you know. When the Raptor shot it down, we collected the balloon itself, the interior design. But he said all of the stuff hanging off of it is at the bottom of the deep. Now, it's only 40, about 40 feet there. And he said weather conditions yesterday were not good to send divers down to go through it. But he said probably today and for sure tomorrow we'll have divers on the spot. And he said the debris field is about 15 football fields long by about 15 football fields wide. And he said, we should be able to get down there and be able to recoup any of this stuff. And he said, there's a lot of sizable indication from the data that they've been able to pick off the surface so far. There is some sizable data down there, and we'll be able to get a lot of this that's at the bottom of the ocean very easily uh, when we get down there with divers. So, But if if we had done it before when it was over land, we could have just picked it up without having to worry about collecting anything from out in the ocean. But I think they were concerned, at least this general indicates, that there was some concern that they may have either had a device on board that if we had shot it at overland, uh, they might have, they, there was concern that they might have self-detonated the whole thing and destroyed everything. It didn't turn out that way. But anyway, we got Dan from Wrenchall, uh, and he's calling about the balloon as well. No, so, no, no, Brad. So Dan, he is calling no. from a balloon. From a balloon. Yeah. Oh my own I, little, yeah, I don't know if I'm believing. I don't know if I'm believing this, Dan. <laughs> my own little hippie, uh, psychedelic uh, alternative reality. But you know, most oh, most people you're in Brad, that balloon. <laughs> <laughs> that balloon popped a long time ago. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I want to say that anybody with a normal brain would know that Joe Biden 
has been compromised a long time ago, and he is pretty much owned by China. And so he's he's basically doing treason. Treason, you know. He's 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 working with the bad guys or the other country. And when well, I, Dan, know, Dan, do you remember how many millions it was that 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 uh, unnamed sources from China? It was like forty-five million dollars or something that they donated to his his uh, whatever that think tank was where nobody worked. There were no, there was nobody ever there. It was just a kind of an office place that they set up that they had files in. Um, but it was a huge amount of money that came out of China. Why were they doing that? Well, he's bought and paid for. The bottom line, he he was involved with the the so-called virus too, and they were involved with it and bringing it here so he could, you know, win the election and get himself in a position of power so he can do what China wants him to do. And people uh-huh. need to wake up to this. He needs to. They, You know, I, I just, I can't, I can't imagine why people don't know this or they don't realize this. And then we have our governor in Minnesota who's going to phase out oil. And, oh, <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then Joe yeah, says by that. 20... <laughs> You know, so what are we going to do? North Dakota's going to sue Minnesota. Well, because... North Dakota has agreements with us that they will provide uh, power to us through our transmission lines, yeah. but it's power that is created by fossil fuels, coal, and you know other energies. And they're they're wondering what in the world's going to happen. Are they going to cut off receiving that? And if they do, where are we going to get our energy from? And what about our tires? Are we going to have wooden tires? Emily is going to say everybody in Duluth <laughs> has to have wooden tires now because they use oil to make tires. And what about surgical yes, equipment, Grat? You know, all the plastics and things they use it. You know, and, sure. And hard well, just look at your stuff. dashboard. Look at your dashboard in your car and the instrument panels, and figure out how much of that is created from some sort of a petroleum product of one kind or another. So, Brad, we got a guy that's allegedly in charge that has been compromised and nobody seems to be able to do anything about it and i'm you know i'm very frustrated and i, well, I wish I'm somebody a, would come up with an answer i'm i'm a little frustrated too dan but i am more optimistic about the fact that i really believe that the uh the republicans that are in charge of the house right now are going to lock their heels and they're going to take a stand uh on this uh, deficit uh, debt ceiling raising and I think we're gonna we're gonna find out some things there uh, if they fold and collapse and uh, and let uh, Biden get his way. Then we know that we're in a lot of trouble. But if they stand their ground and get some compromise, you know, I love the fact that Tim from a couple of harbors said, "Look, the compromise ought to be that uh, McCarthy should go into the meeting with the Biden and say, look, uh, we'll uh, we'll raise the debt ceiling. All you got to do is finish building that border, uh, the wall on the southern border, and put restrictions back in place so we can control who's coming and going. It's simple enough. Yeah, well, he would have to talk to the people that are in charge of him to see if that's acceptable. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, Susan Rice and those kind of people that are in his background, yeah. Well, Kenny, just uh, I know, just in the minute or two before we have to take our first break here, I want to just read you a little bit more out of this uh, about the balloon shooting down and the whole. The uh, U.S. Coast Guard evidently on Monday imposed a temporary security zone in the waters off Surfside Beach in South Carolina in the area where the balloon was shot down. The United States says it was a Chinese spy balloon without a doubt. 
Its presence prompted Secretary of State Anthony Blinken to cancel a weekend trip to China, which, by the way, now we're finding out that the that our uh, defense secretary tried to call his equivalent uh, in the Chinese government to try to, you know, kind of maybe soothe things over, let them know that, look, we uh, we had to feel we had to shoot this thing down because it was over and it traversed over our entire territory. But supposedly, China wouldn't answer his, wouldn't answer his phone call. They oh, no, said, no, 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 they did. And, and here's the response. They dialed it up, and here's what China said. What's up, Doc? Yeah, they said, uh, what's up, Doc? <laughs> and things didn't go well from there, apparently. No, it didn't, evidently. Anyway, the, Pan- the Pentagon says the balloon, which, said, which it said was carrying sensors and surveillance equipment, now, so they obviously knew this, even though it was shot down. They must have had some readings off of it as it came across the country that they knew it was censoring and surveilling uh, equipment on there. What it, what the balloon was maneuverable and showed it can change course. It loitered over sensitive areas of Montana where nuclear warheads were siloed, landed uh, or leading the military to take action to prevent it from collecting intelligence. So evidently... There may be more things going on here than even we know, Kenny. They may have jammed the information uh, retrieval from the balloon. That kind of that statement leads me to believe that we may have, uh, because they said when they say it was it it loitered over sensitive area of nuclear warheads uh, where they're siloed, leading the military to take action to prevent it from collecting intelligence. U.S. defense and military officials said Saturday that the balloon entered the U.S. air defense uh, zone north of the Aleutian Islands on January 28th. And that's the other thing, by the way, is that our president, Sleepy Joe, knew about this from at least the 30th, but didn't say anything until, uh, you know, well into February 4th, I think, or something like that. The next day, it crossed back into the U.S. territory over northern Idaho. U.S. officials spoke on condition of anonymity to discuss the sensitive topic. The White House said Biden was first briefed on the balloon on Tuesday. The State Department said Blinken and Secretary uh, or Deputy Secretary Wendy Sherman spoke with the Chinese regime's senior Washington-based officials on Wednesday evening about the matter in the in the first public U.S. statement, Brigadier General Pat Ryden, the Pentagon press secretary, said Thursday evening that the balloon was not a military or physical threat on acknowledgement that it was not carrying weapons. He said that once the balloon was detected, the U.S. government acted immediately to protect against collection of sensitive information. Again, that statement, which leads me to believe that somehow we jammed any electronic collection that might have been going on. Anyway, we got to take our first break here of hour number two. Uh, we will be back shortly with more here on the afternoon edition of Sound Off on 610 KDAL. KDAL time is 1222 National Weather Service in Duluth. We have sunshine. We have 36 degrees at the National Weather Service. Southwest wind at 6, so there is a wind chill out there, 31. And Brad, for the first time I get to say on the phone, Minnesota Fishing Hall of Famer, Russ Francisco. Wow, that is really something, Russ. That When I read that that morning, I thought, you know, you're the kind of guy that probably it just rolls off your back, but it ha- that's that's a big deal. It, uh, you know, I, 
I never expected that for sure. Um, so it's, uh, it's it's pretty much uh, an honor that you don't expect because you just do what you do anyway, you know. So, but to be recognized is pretty cool, pretty nice. It really is. Um, so, you know, you're you're uh, you're seeing this transition now. I know that you're getting ready for the the spring shows that are coming up, both in uh, Twin Cities and here in in Duluth as well. But at the same time, you you still got people interested in ice fishing, so you got a little bit of everything going on. And then in the meantime, you're uh, liquidating a lot of wonderful clothing offers. You got uh, some some items as much as fifty percent off. I mean, this is a great time to be in your store. Well, it is, and and so um, we have all the clothing at fifty percent off. You know, hats, gloves, mitts, jackets, bibs, and and uh, boots, and we'll continue to do that uh, through the next week. And we'll be doing it at the deck as well as in the store. And then uh, we've, we've bought some more rods and, and uh, ice rods and reels, and I bought some uh, snowshoes, some demo snowshoes, and they, they were used at shows. Don't really walked on, but they were used at the shows, and, um, and we bought all those. And we'll have bring those to the show as soon as they arrive, and, and those will all be half price. You'll be able to get snowshoes for fifty bucks. You'll be able to get uh, rod and reel combos for thirteen to fifteen dollars. Uh, you'll be able to get all the clothing at half price. You'll be able to get um, a bunch of augers at one hundred and fifty dollars off. Uh, so it's just different things like that. We're moving in and on the lower floor uh, is where we always put all the new electronics, downriggers, and you'll be able to get twenty fifty dollar gift cards. Uh, when you buy a Mag 10, $100, when you buy a, uh, a larger downrigger um, from the Optimums, you'll be able to get deals on rods and reels. And all the factory people from, uh, you know, uh, Garmin, Lawrence, Hummerberg, Minkota, they'll all be at the show, uh, Daiwa, Shimano, and Okuma. So it, it's, uh, it's a great time. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, lots of things to do, and you know you can always go see Twiggy the Squirrel. If you, I've been I've been there enough times that Twiggy's <laughs> been back a few times, but if you've never seen Twiggy the Squirrel ski, it's it's a pretty cool deal. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. I, I have seen Twiggy, and uh, it it is amazing to watch him <laughs> perform. Um, so, as we get as we transition now, we the, the little show is when. Do you remember? Do you have the dates on top of your head? Um, the um, it's the sixteenth Thursday, the sixteenth. Uh, and then run through the 19th on Sunday. So it's a four-day show this year, um, and uh, we've been switching all these shows all over the country to four days again from five uh, uh, years ago. They were three, and they went to four, and they went to five, and we're sure. back to three. And so, or back to four, rather. And so we'll also have the uh, Lawrence University again. So uh, there's uh, there's six oh, classes, yeah. 20 people per class, uh, and uh, this year they're absolutely free. And uh, when you uh, complete the, the hour-long class, uh, you, they'll draw everybody in that particular class with their name and a hat, and uh, they'll draw out uh, for a $25 gift card to Marine General. So it's a circle. Oh, and nice. so uh, it should be fun. And Mickey Chambers all geared up to teach it. They'll have working machines there for people to play with. And even if you don't have Lawrence machines, you can learn about a lot about how to use your depth sonar for fishing and stuff. So probably a good thing to do. Now, Russ, do you still want people to call the store and uh, uh, reserve a spot at the school, or how did they yep. just show yep. up or what? Okay. Uh, and, and if there's some extra seats, they'll announce it in the building that there's some extra seats. But, yeah, it's a good idea okay. to get reserved. Um, most of the classes right now have a lot of open seats on them. A couple of them are half-filled, so it's just starting. And so that's what we'll do. We'll try and fill them up. And um, I called them the other day, and I said, can we get some more machines if we want to add a few people? And they're working on that, too. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, there you have it, folks. Great time to get out to Marine General, 15th Avenue East and London Road, Upper Side, where they've been for 50 years making sure that your time on the water, whether it's frozen or whether it's out of your boat, is just so enjoyable and with all the equipment you could possibly need. Again, Marine General can be uh, 
can also be uh, located by going to your computer, put in marinegeneral.com. They got a full catalog there that you can order things. It'll be shipped right to your home. And if you've got specific questions anywhere in the country, you're listening to us streaming any place, simply call their 1-800 number, which is 1-800-777-8557. If they've got what you're looking for, they'll ship it right to you. And Kenny, we got a great jingle for Marine General. Come on into Marine General and get outdoors with us. Yeah. All righty. Yes, it is. It, it It is a fantastic. And it's so nice to be able to have now, as you said, a member of the Minnesota Fishing Hall of Fame. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Well, uh, according to uh, what I'm reading here, we, we were talking a little bit about the fact that uh, B- Biden mentioned very little of anything about the border. Again, to refer to this press release that came out this morning from FAIR, uh, they're saying that Biden has nothing, uh, has said nothing about his failed policies that have resulted in more than a quarter of a million illegal immigrants, aliens, reaching, breaching our borders in a single month. At the same time, he reiterated his call for a mass amnesty. And, of course, you know what that's going to do, don't you? I mean, anybody knows that. If you tell uh, a million, two million illegal immigrants that, hey, uh, you know, I know you broke the law by coming across our border, but we're going to give you amnesty anyway. What is that going to do to the millions waiting in the pipeline uh, down through South America. It's going to say to all of them, come on up. We're just, we gave everybody amnesty. We'll do it again. It, it'll serve as yet another magnet for another greater illegal immigration in the future. And, and this is all by, by design. The Biden administration is, uh, since day one, President Biden began dismantling border security and immigration enforcement, getting rid of every uh, safeguard that Trump had put in place that was controlling what was going on there. Uh, Two years into his presidency, we are approaching six million illegal entrants, the vast majority of whom have been released under the pretense that that they're going to be removed sometime in the future. But in the meantime... Hide out in this country anywhere you want, and uh, I don't know how. Uh, I don't know whether we're going to send a text message to you, or or how we're going to notify you so that you show up for your hearing. Uh, anyway, President Biden sought to portray his flagrantly illegal abuse of parole as an effective border enforcement strategy. So it's it's just bizarre the whole thing. Um, anyway, the. Um, Bottom line on this is that he didn't really want to talk much about immigration at all. Uh, The goal of U.S. immigration policymakers under the Biden administration is clear. Open borders for all who wants to settle here and amnesty for anybody who is already here illegally. And it's just, you know, that's just the way it, it, it appears. And I don't know that he, he would even say it's not that way because that's exactly what is happening in the meantime. The Republicans are starting to hold public hearings and they're giving these people to come to speak. They're giving them amnesty themselves or they're saying we're not going to hold you uh, accountable for anything you say. Just tell the truth. And these people are these uh, top administration people from the uh, Border Patrol are coming and saying it's out of control. What the Republicans have been saying for the last two years is exactly right. It is a you know what. It's just a disaster at the border. 
Anyway, we got to go to our CBS News folks. We'll be back shortly with more here on 610 KDAL. KDAL time is 1235. We do have a lot of sunshine going on still. And uh, the current temperature at the National Weather Service just got an update. There it is, 36 degrees. Uh, boy, two harbors, 36 degrees. How about Superior? Superior, 39 degrees. And I did see a 40. I saw a 41 at Ashland and Ironwood. And, Brad, the best part about this weather right now is uh, there are no watches or warnings or advisories, so let's enjoy it. Yes, let's enjoy it. And uh, in the meantime, let's talk to our friend Justin uh, about the, uh, you know, the interesting thing, Justin, when we start talking about the temperatures getting a little bit better, it's just amazing. But within a couple of months, we're going to be talking more and more about air conditioning needs than we will be about heat. We certainly will. Cooling season starts April 1st, my friend. Is that what it is, April? Technically so, yes. And, of course, people start making appointments to get cooling systems installed, usually starting around the end of February is when that really kind of starts. But then, you know, heating season kind of comes to a soft end around April 1st, even though we still are technically heating our homes in April. But that's when all the cooling appointments start to roll in because people want to be able to push a button and have a cooling system turn on the first time they need it on that first hot day in June. Yeah, that, you're absolutely right. Because it, it it does take a little different technology, uh, even though they're somewhat similar and can use some with the same venting systems. Uh, they're just different setups altogether. So. Yes, that is very true. So what you have with a forced air cooling product is you have a forced air cooling system that has been integrated with a forced air heating system. And so that inside portion of the cooling system is mounted on top of the furnace. Then you're using your fan and your fan motor and your control board off of your furnace to operate your cooling system. And they're, of course, connected to the same ductwork in the house. So they are two separate systems, but they are integrated with one another. Wow. And technology, you got to know what you're doing with technology. I thought it was rather interesting that when we first talked one of the first times, you uh, you made the mention that AirServe really works with a lot of different manufacturers. Whoever happens to come through on a, any specific year with a great system, that's basically who you're going to go with. Well, so we, we, we don't change manufacturers very lightly, but you are correct. We have never signed up our business as what I call a captive contractor. There are some captive contractors out there. When they sign up with that particular manufacturer, they're only going to deal with that manufacturer's products and not deal with anything else. And the problem sure. with that, Brad, has always been that not every company makes the right thing for everybody. And if you pigeonhole yourself in a corner where you can only offer one manufacturer's products, well, then you end up being kind of obligated to offer somebody the, the wrong thing or the wrong size for them. And we don't want to do that. Right. You and I have spent a lot of time on the radio talking about the fact that we right-size appliances. We don't make them too big or too small. We right-size them. That's how we get good performance, longevity, and efficiency. And, of course, we always want to make sure that we're talking about that maintenance program on those appliances going forward. We do the system maintenance for free the first year when a customer purchases a system, and we keep those maintenance costs very reasonable with flat rate charges within our coverage area going forward. And we're also offering our customers some additional extended labor warranty coverage on account of having the maintenance done, and that's some labor warranty coverage that you wouldn't have gotten from a manufacturer. So about nine times out of ten, somebody's looking at a brand-new system in their house that's covered 100% parts and labor for the first decade of operation with the first year system maintenance being done at no charge wow that's that's pretty impressive stuff listen justin we got to find out how to get a hold of you because uh 
a lot of people, uh, when they hear us talking, they realize that you're very informational and knowledgeable, uh, but they want to get you out to the house to talk about their system and how they might be able to improve on what they've got now. So, AirServe, how do we get a hold of AirServe, and do we just ask for uh, Justin, or you're basically the guy they're going to send out anyway, right? Well, I, I'm the only dog and pony show when it comes to heating and cooling systems design. You are correct. There you go. Good, that doesn't good. mean that I don't make a phone call to my owners once in a while because I haven't been doing this long enough where I've seen everything that's out there. My two owners have a combined 65 years of experience in the Ooh. industry, and they have that's seen everything nice. that's out there to be seen. And so I, I do call them when I'm down in the basement sometime and say, hey, boss, this is what I'm looking at. They tell me what to do, even when those few times come along where I have a question or two. So our telephone Fantastic. number at the office, Brad, we make it super easy for your listeners to call the shop, 218-879-SERV-SERV. And we always encourage everybody to check out our website. It's a great website, available 24-7, airserve.com, A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com. All right. Thank you so much, Justin. Have a great, uh, great day, and we'll talk to you again on Friday. Well, Northlanders, we might think that with all the talk of the balloons and everything else that uh, that were were probably ballooned out. But our friend Dano, uh, who lives high atop the uh, uh, away from snow shoveling and all of that in up in the Proctor area, wants to talk a little bit about the Academy Award winning State of the Union address last night. Were you drinking something really strong, or what are you? What are you uh, talking about? Brad, I have to admit, I did not watch it. I'm going to ask oh. you a question. Did Biden call for loads of hauling chemicals and glass and oil by trains? <laughs> I well, mean, they had that well, big chemical spill in Ohio. Oh yeah, if that had been a pipeline he would have shut everything down well what do you what do you think is going to happen here as far as uh with with uh with with things like uh natural gas we're not going to see natural gas go away are we i mean most most minnesotans heat with that well already in california they when they have a power shortage they say don't plug in your electric car tonight <laughs> yeah <laughs> People have no idea what they're doing. But I was just wondering if he called for the halt of hauling gas by trains and chemicals and stuff like that. If it had been a pipeline, he would have shut it down right away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. A pipeline you can shut down right now. Even if you have a spill, even if you have a a break in the pipeline, you can shut it down before it gets too bad and clean up the area around it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... This guy is, these Democrats, all they think about is one. where can they make some money? Yeah, and how can they how can they continue to try to provide uh, a, a political uh, well-being that goes right along with the people that control the power in their party? That's really what they right. want. I was, uh, you know, he, look, I, call, no, I was, I was glad to see people the- boo him last night. Did you, did he call for the halt of coal in China and India? <laughs> no, I don't think he did. You know, and that's that's another interesting statistic that we Kenny have to keep informing and reinforming our listeners. Is well, we have this administration, the Biden administration, trying to wean us off of all coal. You know, that's the problem that they have with some of these uh, congressmen that are even Democratic congressmen. They represent coal-producing areas. 
And when, uh, like, Joe Manchin looks at uh, Biden trying to say, we, do, we, do, we want to cut us off from coal, he represents a coal manufacturing area. And China, while we're trying to cut off stopping using coal, China has opened more coal, more new coal plants just in the last year than they have opened in the rest of the world, in the rest of this whole planet that we live on. So China's not, they know that they can't wean themselves off of that stuff. They're going to wait till the technology comes along that's going to be so uh, uh, so far advanced that all you got to do is make a switch over. Listen, well, I'm, Daniel, I'm curious. Thank you. I'm, yeah, I'm curious, Brad. You watched, I did not watch last night. Yeah. Did the president mention, and did he mention it often, the word Donald Trump or just Trump and or mega? No, no, I, you know, I, I think I heard a reference to the prior administration one time that I, and I wasn't glued to the TV, so to speak, but I was trying to get most of it, but there was very, very little reference. He did mention uh, that, that he's created more jobs than any other administration and blah, blah, blah. And of course, he didn't bother to mention that uh, during the pandemic, when they shut everything down in this country, his administration specifically shut almost everything down, we lost about 13 million jobs. And that a lot of the jobs that have been added back recently are jobs that were lost when Biden shut down the uh, the economy. Did he talk about any of the kitchen table uh, topics like, oh, I don't know, uh, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden's laptop? No, no, no. How no, about no, no, the, no. Uh, the classified documents at Penn Center and Penn Biden Center and his garage? No, Did he talk about the no. Corvette? No, didn't mention his uh, taking a ride in a Corvette or anything else. No. Hmm. There was, he was kind of non-confrontational in some areas. He was trying, I think he realizes, Kenny, uh, I'm just about sure he does after spending 30, what did he have, 35, 37 years as a senator. He knows that he's in a bad spot right now when he's got a divided uh, Congress and Senate. Uh, He knows that he's got to work some with those other parties there's got to be some unity there if he's going to hope to get anything done. And, uh, you know, he he checked all those boxes last night, I think, a little bit about uh, how he's going to have to uh, lay out a foundation. You know, I, I, I think that was one of the things that came through loud and clear last night was that he was trying to play nice a little bit and he kept calling for unity because he knows that if he's going to, if he is really seriously looking at taking a run for a second term, uh, he's he kept referring to we've got to finish the job. I've we've been sent here to finish the job. Well, would that be the job of destroying America as we know it, or are you tr- going to try to work unity and pull something together here? He did. Uh, there were a number of takeaways that I got uh, where they were trying to. Uh, use some common ground. He kept re- returning uh, repeatedly to common ground. He made the case that both parties can uh, can back new factories and new businesses being formed and the funding of the 20,000 infrastructure projects that were uh, uh, supposedly put in place by his uh, Build Back Better uh, uh, infrastructure projects. Uh, he talked about a lot of those, and, and I think there are some areas where Democrats and Republicans can come together, at least share some goals in those areas. But when it came to Biden's comments, 
that gathered the biggest boos and hoots. Uh, that was uh, that was where he pretty much accused the the Republican Party that they were bent on cutting Social Security and Medicare, and that's just not the case. But he he did, Kenny. You're right. He tried to he tried to portray himself as the regular Joe. You know, at one point I remember he said something about um, he, he called for uh, a billionaire's tax. He said, "You know who can't who can't agree that billionaires should pay more uh, than a school teacher or a firefighter?" And I, I think most of us can agree on that 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 is true that billionaires should pay more than that. But he, uh, you know, the president brought back an idea from last year to put a minimum tax on billionaires. He said uh, something like he pitched a twenty percent tax on incomes and unrealized financial gains of households. Uh, worth a uh, hundred million dollars or more. Anyway, Did he say this, got... Brad? Did he say this? Yes. I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. No, he should have said that. <laughs> I know he should have yeah, said that. How about that. this? That one more. One more. Feel a lot more comfortable. Did he say this? We choose truth over facts. Uh, no, he missed that one too. <laughs> oh gosh, he should have said that. All right. <laughs> well, listen, we got to do our Minnesota news break, folks. Yeah, he never said either one of those, Kenny. I'm surprised. We'll be back. Who draws the crowd and plays so loud, baby? It's the guitar man. KDAL time, 12.54, 37 degrees. The soothing sounds of the band Bread. Listen to that bass, Kenny. Just listen to that back backbeat bass. 1972, Brad. Great song, great band. Yes. Well, uh, when we come back with our number three, I want to. We've got a number of other things that we haven't even gotten into. We've got some. Uh, uh, we've got some very uh, big issues on the local scene here with the budgets. Uh, uh, things that they're trying to do now that they own total control down at the legislature in St. Paul. You know, they own the House, they own the Senate, they got the governorship. So it's pretty easy to grab and force through just about anything they want to get done. Um, but just to wrap up the rest of this uh, from the State of the State of the Union last night, uh, Biden did talk about this tax. He talked about a tax on uh, billionaires or, you know, high-priced people, people that might have, uh, you know, $100 million or more laying around, <laughs> you know, like like that. Anyway, the administration estimates it could generate about $360 million or billion dollars, I'm sorry, over a 10-year period. And, of course, that would be enough in theory uh, to fund some priorities and possibly reduce the debt some. But they're going to have a hard time getting it through their own uh, Democratic-controlled Senate because this is the same plan that came up a year ago that they couldn't get past a West Virginia Democrat, Joe Manchin, in the Senate. He was uh, he was straightforward in saying he would stop. This is Biden now. Last night he was uh, straightforward in saying he would stop airlines from charging fees in order to sit families together. Evidently, this has been a big issue. I didn't know it was, but evidently enough people have complained that uh, that President Biden talked about it last night. Says that uh, children are being treated like luggage, and they're being told that they can't sit with parents. Uh, he wants uh, he he wants to 
to ban hidden resort fees charged by hotels and penalties charged by cell service providers. So see, he's trying to be the average American. In fact, he said at one point last night, American Americans are tired of being played for suckers. Uh, in other words, they're tired of being voting Democrat, I think. I don't know. Anyway, anyway he kind of passed on the balloon issue, people. He really didn't say much about the balloon. But we got an hour to do yet, and we will talk about it and anything else you want to talk about when we come back with hour number three here on KDAL 610.